It's the same old story. It's been a long day at the job, or maybe it's just starting to feel long, and you feel that urge to stretch your legs and get a little bit of a break. You walk down the street, or maybe you get behind the wheel of your car, and you feel the weight begin to lift. You walk through the doors, and the sound of the place starts to clear the air. You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy with your hosts, Sean, Isaac, Johnny, and Caleb. Listen in as I discuss the 1980 film, City of the Living Dead. Once again, starting a brand new series on this podcast. We're starting way too many, Isaac. You need to need to stop me. I've become addicted. I mean, it's partially my fault as well, all of it. Well, and I, I guess I'll explain this one, because this one is my fault. So, earlier this year, we just finished up doing a series on Who Goes There? Classic novella and covering all the little, little entries related to it. And during that, we covered John Carpenter's The Thing the first of his unofficial Apocalypse trilogy. Well, the second film in that series is called Prince of Darkness. And Prince of Darkness, in its way, is not only an unofficial sequel to The Thing, but at least in my opinion, it's an unofficial sequel to this trilogy here, the Gates of Hell trilogy. And so I figured I wanted to show you guys Prince of Darkness, but I feel like it would be wrong to go into that movie with a little bit of a primer, since it's kind of so reliant on what these films built right. and i decided to invite sean on because uh, johnny and isaac don't have as much experience with italian horror stuff i know that sean you enjoy this as well so yeah afraid i bring you in have you seen uh, prince of darkness uh no oh interesting yeah i have not seen prince of darkness um i'm getting it confused with in the mouth of madness ah this is the third film in his okay. apocalypse trilogy Right, I didn't know that there was a trilogy. I think it's an unofficial trilogy. Yes. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Um, no, I don't know anything about Prince of Darkness. Someday. Neither. I shall. Yeah, maybe you can come on and, and watch with us. I'd love to come on something. <laughs> oh, God, here I go. I can't. Oh, I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's that? Ooh, oh, my goodness. Geez. Oh, I... <laughs> That was me God. from the grave saying phrasing. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but similar to, uh, well, I guess probably not recent by the time I drop this, but similar to our uh, Star Wars episode, most recent one that we recorded with uh, Clone Wars, when Sean had a little bit of a mishap where he had to go to the emergency room and missed uh, most of that movie. Johnny had a very similar experience. He was attacked by a, a wild cat coming home and <laughs> couldn't finish this movie either. So... Yeah, yeah, it's crazy because I was in my house watching the movie, and then I still managed somehow to get attacked by a wildcat. It's strange, <laughs> but yeah, that works. You see, you see, it was my fault. I saw this, I saw this craze on Facebook where it was, it was this craze. Maybe you heard of it called dangerous booping. Dangerous. It's where you see an animal and you go to boop it on the nose, but it's called dangerous booping because you're booping animals that are dangerous. I thought you said dangerous. Booping. So I saw a wildcat. And I, 
no, no, so, so, no, that'd be ridiculous. So I saw this wildcat, and I went, what the hell? So I went to poop it on the nose, and, well, you know the rest of the story. The, the reason, Johnny, I wasn't able to watch the Clone Wars movie was because literally I was bitten by a, my cat, and I had to go to the emergency room. <laughs> oh, whoa, that's a hell of a cat bite. <laughs> it's the second time it's, it's the second time it's happened in like three years. Holy shit. And it's the same asshole cat who <laughs> loves me and I love him, but yeah, okay. What's, what's funny is I'd actually forgotten the reason I just made up so the cat. I'm not going to play a story then is what you're saying. Yeah, no. I'm going to play that fucking game when it, it comes out for an, an Xbox next month. I played it on my cousin's uh, Steam uh, fucking Steam account. Thing. No, the handheld Steam thing they have. What's it called? What's it called? Oh yeah, one of the handhelds, eh? I, yeah, I don't know what that's called. It was cool. It was cool though. It's a good game. Oh, but uh, it, maybe it wouldn't even matter too much if Johnny saw it because I'm still mystified by by much of this movie. But I wanted to start with you, Isaac, for your initial thoughts because again, I've showed you a little bit of Italian horror stuff. We watched Demons together, one of our all-time worst episodes. Oh, wow. <laughs> Worst episodes. What a great compliment. <laughs> we did uh, Zombie Two together. I was expecting that. <laughs> we did Zombie Two as a commentary. Shock waves. Uh, shock waves wasn't Italian. Um, oh, there you go. I'm gonna shut myself. Wait, off. can I ask a quick question? Is Zombie Two? Because uh, there's Fulci did the zombie movie, and like I think he called it Dawn of the Dead Two at one point. Um. Mm. But is this the one with the picture of the horrible zombie on the cover? Not on the cover, but on the poster? Okay. Yeah. It's been kind of rebranded as a zombie in modern days. Yeah. But yeah, when it was initially released, um, I guess I could go into this a little bit right here. Yes. Uh, Lucio Fulci was... He came up around the same time as the other three big names in Italian horror. Mario Bava, him and Fulci Mm. still around the same time. But whereas Mario Bava was kind of paving new or new ways for Italian films to go, Lucio Fulci was more just kind of following along trends. He made a bunch of comedies, made some westerns, and when Dawn of the Dead was a huge hit, he kind of made a step more into gore movies by making an unofficial sequel called Zombie 2. Hmm. And me and Isaac discussed it, and I'll bring up, bring up some similar things in that movie discussing this. I don't know if, if you remembered, Isaac, that it was the same director or... I figured, although much not, not much later, but it was what eighty four. Yeah, yeah, eighty four. Okay, yeah, or eighty one. Sorry, or eighty. So, <laughs> I can I can I say something about that movie? It is the only other Fulci movie I have seen, uh, other oh, wow. than this. Yeah, it was the first one I saw um, because I went through kind of a zombie phase there, where I rented every single fucking zombie movie I could. <laughs> um, and when I was a kid, and you we had a mom and pop video store. And I really loved going to the horror section and just looking at the the, the covers of the VHS. You know, the, mm. they would put the empty boxes out, and then you would take mm. the box to the clerk, and you know, and that that the cover of that thing terrified me. I, it just terrified me. And then one year, many years later, of course, I rented the movie. This is how long ago I saw it because I rented it, uh, and. Uh, <laughs> It's the most boring zombie movie I've ever seen. With, Aww. if you could, if you could make like a what do you call it, like an electrocardiogram of the movie, it would be <laughs> a lot of flat lines with big spikes here and there, 
Um, biggest spike being like the beginning with the zombie in the boat. Uh, there's the shark scene and the eyeball scene and the rest of the movie. I, uh, yeah, whatever. It's poop. I, you know, it's not poop, but you know, I, I, I okay. I, I've got this thing. Okay. First of all, let's okay. In, in city of the living dead, the film, the featured film for tonight. First of all, he rips off the score of Dawn of the Dead. It, it's exactly the same score. Like, I oh, think I know <laughs> it's a little bit different. I know, but um, I think Fulci is really into his zombies. And I don't mean zombies in general. I just mean his zombies. Mm. And they are like the worst zombies. They look really cool, but they're not. They're terrifying. They look terrifying, but... I don't feel as if I would be in any real danger if one of these walked into my house, you know? And that goes for zombie, as zombie too, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, oh. Those zombies were just sort of a... Uh... Oh, you got to go back. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> that movie's awesome. Okay. And it features one of the most unexpected underwater sequences in a zombie oh! movie. God, I, so cool. you know what? I, I really want to know how they did that. How the fuck did you, so in a low-budget cool. movie, did you get a guy in zombie makeup to bite a fucking shark? How did you do that? That That is, that is, yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah, that is awesome. Uh, but this is, is it is it an intentional trilogy that this is in? It's the first of a trilogy, beyond the Beyond, and then House by the Cemetery, or the second and third. <laughs> yeah. Did he intentionally make this as a trilogy, or is this what just the fans did? No, it was it was an intentional. Um, how, it's more like a you know like how Roger Corman made the the Edgar Allan Poe cycle, right? When it was just kind of doing a production block of making working with similar actors, kind of all centered around the same theme. That's essentially what what he did here. They're not real sequels in terms of anything carrying over except for the theme of somebody kind of opening up a gate to some sort of mysterious hell. Okay. Although all of them are vague. It's like, it's like a sequel in terms of theme more than actual storytelling. Yeah, and they all feature the same actress at the top. This uh, Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Katrina McCall. There's another example of that. What is it? I'm trying to remember what it is. But yeah, same idea. It, well, I mean, it's, it's like the Wicker Man and Apostle, you know? Not the same movie, but they're kind of the spiritual successors to one another. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. Yeah, our Wicker Man and the Wicker Tree, the by the same director. Ooh, I haven't seen that yet. Don't. It's terrible. <laughs> oh, Robin Hardy fucked up. God damn it. It's really, really bad. Um. So, so Isaac, you, I know Caleb, you're familiar with Italian horror. Isaac, you're you're relatively familiar. Johnny, how familiar are you with Italian horror? I was tr I was just trying to look it up right now. Which ones I've seen? Uh, like 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 I. I'm really not that familiar with it. I've seen some Spanish, I've seen some Portuguese, I think, but not much of Italian horror. I'm not really that familiar with you it. You would absolutely love seen it. Untamed, I think, is Italian, isn't it? Which one? The Untamed. Is that an Italian horror? The Untamed. Let me take a look. I feel like that was an Italian horror. You saw that. Was it a Persian film or was it a Iranian horror film? Oh, uh, Under the Shadow? That was Iranian. Okay. Excellent movie, but... Uh, if the Untamed was from 2016, it says Mexico. Damn it! So, so yeah, a lot in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, a lot of good Spanish horror films. Absolutely. Yeah, a lot of Italian. I don't really know. Yeah, Italian is is weird. Um, yes. Uh, I'm a big fan of Argento, but he doesn't do really supernatural. He does more like sl- whodunit slashers. And, you know, these movies have a lot of things in common, though. There's the, the trio. There's Argento, Fulci, and Bava. And mm-hmm. I think all three were, were pretty prolific. And they have this mm-hmm. thing, and it, it, mostly in the, in the 70s and early 80s, the blood is always red. It's like red paint. It's not what blood really looks like, you know? Oh, so, 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 so it's kind of like hammer horror, kind of. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yes. The Kensington blood, I think they call it. Yes. And, and you've got uh, English-speaking actors. A lot of them are English-speaking. And, but they're still dubbed anyway by other actors. Uh, and I learned why this was, but I don't remember what it was. I don't remember the reason. It's got something to do with Mussolini and uh, I don't know. Yeah, it was just, the, it was just, it, Spanish movies were made the same way. They just shot them without sound. Yeah. I, I think it was just the norms of the, of the, uh, the industry at the time. It was just like, they just saved money by recording all sound later. It's odd. Uh, there was a lot of Japanese movies that did that as well for the longest time. I don't mm. know why they did it. Interesting. But it creates like a weird uh, distancing effect with Italian horror films. Yeah, I, I, this movie, of course, is set in New York and what is it? What's the name of the town? Dunwich. 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 Like the Dunwich horror. Hmm, where have I heard that before? That's the first thing I was like, oh, Johnny's going to love Yes, that's another reason I wanted to have Johnny on for these. Yes, because I feel like all three of these have a certain touch of Lovecraft to them. And same oh. with Prince of Darkness. That's what uh, Johnny on this channel is known for. He is our My father, Yogg-Sothoth. He is our Lovecraft expert. I would say expert. Well, that's a bit of a higher. It's a bit of a tall order, but thank you for the praise. Yes, and I, I think I also uh, <laughs> fall under an acolyte of, of Lovecraft. I read a lot of his stuff. No, that's fair. I'm more just just like just like classic horror literature. You know, Robert Chambers, Lovecraft, Algernon Blackwood, that kind of shit. Okay, then it kind of goes along with this because a lot of Lovecraft doesn't make any fucking sense. And this movie, this movie, <laughs> I mean, a lot of it makes sense, but a lot of it doesn't make sense. Like, well, I've well. It makes sense, and then it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And that's this movie. <laughs> that's this movie. Because if you can explain to me what the fuck happens in the, like, the last act of this movie when they're in the tomb, I I really... Hey, spoilers. Spoilers for somebody. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to some of that stuff. We don't care about spoilers, Isaac. We're going to talk about the movie. <laughs> this isn't a commentary. Yeah, dude, I'm like 15 minutes in, and I kind of debatably don't know what the fuck is going on, so I, I hear you. <laughs> But the the thing about it is this movie is has some really effective moments. Yeah. Um, there's a wonderful scene where a woman dies by vomiting up all her organs, and it's almost. I'm excited for that. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's for me. It's really gross, and like I can watch a lot of gross shit, and that was a little bit much for me. Like it's obviously like stuff they got from the butcher, like intestines and liver and shit, and. They had a dummy head, and they just pushed it through the mouth of the dummy head. But it's still really gross. Oh, and her eyes bleed before that. Mm. I don't like that. I don't like blood bleeding things like that. It- this movie has a thing with eyes. Yes, that's what was, that was going to be one of the things I was going to bring up from our previous commentary with Zombie 2. Very good point, Isaac, so far. Yeah, yeah. I think I mentioned in there that Fulci, in almost all of his movies, is obsessed with eyes. And in Zombie 2, it comes to like a beautiful kind of conclusion with him driving like a piece of wood into a woman's eye. 
Yeah. A very protracted oh, scene. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Fantastic scene. That was a great <laughs> shot. Yeah, it was. Yeah, like, like even... Sorry if I made... Yeah, I, like, I, I'm, to, I'm like 20 minutes into this movie now, and just, yeah, <laughs> there is... There is a lot of focuses on on like someone's facial expression, especially their eyes. It's almost like everyone's eye color is almost a bit a bit brighter, a bit more distinctive. Yeah, yeah. which for its time is very interesting. The you, I think, Johnny, you're talking about the conversation between the reporter. Um, I can't remember his name. I think it's Bill. The uh, poor, the poor. It's Peter. Oh, the poor man's Roger Moore is all like. It's kind of looked like <laughs> Roger. Uh, him. And Mary and the lady with the curly hair, like they're having a conversation, but like they're only showing their eyes. And I'm like, what the fuck? I think eyes to Fulci are what feet are to Quentin Tarantino. Uh, I I don't understand. It didn't work for me. Like I understand you're doing, you're being new and oh cinematic, and this is so cool. N- no, I just need to see people's faces. I don't want to just see their eyes. You can't. For me, in a movie, you can't tell much from the eyes. Oh, see, that's a fixation that I love. I love that Fulci is so obsessed with eyes. He takes it a little too far in this movie in a number of points, especially when he has that uh, medium character look directly into the camera multiple times. You can't do that in film. I'm like, Fulci, what the fuck? Yeah, 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 that was a bit overkill. It almost feels like, like a piece out of William Castle. Like she's looking at the audience like things are going to happen that you could never imagine. I feel like I can hear Vincent Price like the tingler's loose in the theater. Everybody <laughs> run. Scream for your lives. <laughs> well, that part, I don't know. That's oh that's a little too far. And also, and also the, this movie kind of has a weird little anime trope I noticed where a thing happens and it does a reaction shot from everybody and everyone oh, yeah. just kind of looks at it and it's just like, like it's pretty, but their faces are like just duh. Yeah. Lots of bug eyes. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, there's a lot of fixation also in, in this. Uh, I, I just watched um, over the weekend. I watched uh, two Phantasm movies. Ooh, which um, ones? Uh, three and four. I Ooh. I only watched half of four. Um, I, I'm not a big, huge fan of those, but those those movies. Fair enough. There's a lot of goop in those movies. And, you know, the villain is the tall man, played by a, a guy who's, like, one of my most favorite actor names ever, Angus Scrim. So Spoiler, <laughs> not his real name. Um, oh, that's a pity. Yeah, so, you know, like, he gets his fingers cut off and yellow goop comes up. This this is another movie that's very goopy. Yes. Um, it is goopy, yeah. And... It, there is also moments when the eye, uh, there's Goopy, and there's a wonderful scene. And you know, I'm one of these weird people that thinks this is wonderful. Like, you know, I'm basically I'm fucking sick. Um, when Bob dies, oh jeez, oh man, <laughs> that's the one scene in the movie that I find almost hard to watch. Like, it's a little too prolonged. I like it. I think it's good. I like it when Bob. I think it's cool. And you think at first, oh, he's gonna, he's, it's gonna go through his eye because he's looking directly at the drill. Mm-hmm. And by the way, that guy who kills Bob, we never see him again. There are no repercussions. And it made me think, you know what? I'd really like to see. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! Pickaxe in the eye. You called it. <laughs> Was there a pickaxe? Oh, jeez, I don't know. Pickaxe in the eye. Yeah. What's your time? Oh God! By the way. 
It, it, My timestamp is. Sorry, Sean. <laughs> no, I know where he is. Twenty-four minutes. Yeah. yeah. It's the girl who is buried, Mary. Oh, the coffin. Yeah. And what is possibly the longest sequence of a guy going? Do I hear a noise or not? I've seen in my entire. It's been five fucking minutes. Yeah, I gotta take a. I gotta meditate on that scene briefly for you guys. Sort of like uh, Andy Rooney, just like, do I hear a noise or not? Sometimes I think I hear a noise. I don't hear a noise. Walks twenty feet further. Do I hear a noise or not? I I don't know. I don't know. And I love those those like semi lazy uh, grave digger guys. They just decide to give it up. Oh yeah. Like, I saw a movie once where a guy humped himself to death. <laughs> and he's like, oh, why are you guys leaving? They're like, oh, uh, uh, union hours. Like, it seems like they're just making it up. They're just leaving early. <laughs> well, that, that's what, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> and then, yeah, he's just driving that, like, god damn, you hear a woman crying in there and you just shove the pickaxe. Like, you could just wipe her out right then. Yeah. Like, oh, man. It's still <laughs> cool, though. I like it. I love it. I I love the fact that she's been buried alive, which is terrifying. Like, that would be, like, plane crash and being buried alive. That would be way down to the bottom for me. Um, And then when he tries to get her out, he's an idiot. (laughs) And he basically almost stabs her with a pickaxe in the face. But it's still really cool to see. You know, it's a great sequence. Yeah, and I don't know how they filmed that. The actress, uh, a quote she said that that was like a crazy scene to film and she would never do it again. Oh wow! It looks pretty dangerous, so I don't know what they did, but it looks it looks fucking risky. <laughs> even like, yeah, you know what? Even the way they filmed that scene, where there are so many cuts on her, on him, like rushing to her aid after he finally decides to do something about it, and then her just like like breathing what could be her last breaths. It's a cool effect, and there's even one part where like you know she inhales and it zooms in on her, on her mouth, and then when it gets to him, it it zooms out again. So it's like maybe it, the camera is charting her inhales and exhales. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, not to mention the way that one films the inside of a coffin. Which, if I was asked, how how do you do that? You know, not physically, logistically, how you do it, but he has like this sort of blue filter on the camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's it's cool, like it, and and you have that, and then contrast it with this shitty cemetery with the cityscape in the background. You know. Um, it's a shitty cemetery. I say that because there are no trees. What was it? There were, there was a movie where somebody was buried in a cemetery and like right next to the cemetery was like a factory. It was like the worst place to be buried. That sounds familiar. Yeah. It does, doesn't it? I I don't know what movie that was. Uh, but that reminds me of this cemetery. This, that, the cemetery reminds me of that. But just to take a a break briefly to go over to Isaac, because I meant to ask him. Isaac. Because Isaac, again, yeah, we've, we've, I think this is the th- fourth Italian film that we watched together because we also watched Suspiria. We haven't covered it I'm yet. I'm still waiting for that. Yes, it's, it's coming relatively soon. I am, I been promise. waiting three years for your explanation. I am a patient Holy fuck, man. it can't be that long. Can it? Oh, jeez, don't tell me that. It was 2019, you should Oh, don't scare me. me. Don't scare me. Oh, my God. I think it was either 2019, okay? I and been waiting for this thing for three years. Time flies, but this Darn one. It, I want that explanation. <laughs> anyway, so, pr- pardon me. Yeah, so this one I feel like is definitely maybe closer to Suspiria in just kind of bafflement a little bit. What did you think of this? Well, um, first off, uh, thanks for showing me the fog, too, because this is pretty much just the fog done redone again. 
there's a certain similarity I could see in aesthetic. I feel like this Fulci... movie is the fog done again. No, no, no. Of course not. It's just like it reminds me of the th fog, where like it's yeah. built on the root. Well, Antonio Bay is no just is kind of similar to Dunwich in just that there was. Uh, an event that had happened there, at least in Dunwich, mm -hmm. like it was the Salem Witch Trials and where the witches were burned uh, uh, historically, supposedly, excuse me. Well, I, it did happen. <laughs> but, um, and then Nintendo would be similar where, um, uh, what was it? They they took the Spanish the lepers, gold, right? The lepers, yeah. that's right. Yeah, all those lepers. Leper colony and they, they intentionally killed them. Yes. So, some, I think it's just a horror thing of like you have to introduce you know, your horror. So at least with this one, they used... Um, what is it? They they used Dun 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 Dunwich, excuse me, or Dunwich, excuse me, not Dunwich, Dunwich. Um, I got a question though. What the heck was with the witches in the beginning, or the mediums, or whatever those guys were doing, like on their not their Ouija board, but like they were having a ceremony, and like Mary died, and then she like, and then she comes <laughs> back mysteriously. I've got a million questions. That's that's what I was like wondering. You know, it's really strange. I don't have any questions about that at all until now when you brought it up. And that's the thing about watching a movie like this. And Fulci films, these these Gates of Hell trilogy and a number of his other films, you kind of just got to let them wash over you. It's it's similar yeah. with a lot of Jalo movies as well. Like it's more about the mood and the aesthetic than it is about plot. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting that right. I'm, I'm getting that right now. And to ask, this is not a Jalo film, is it? This is not a Jalo, no. Thank you very much. That that vibe, like I, 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 the plot. I'm not really. There's a friggin' medium who stares at the camera way too much, talking about apocalyptic shit. Yeah, maybe I'll explain a little bit of what the plot is. So we open the film with Mary during that seance, seeing this priest hang himself, and what she's seeing is the end of the world in a way, because when that priest hung himself. Somehow, for reasons unknown, he opened up a gate to hell. I kind of like that. I don't. I don't know why, but I like that. Makes sense. It's very Lovecraftian. This holy beacon of 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 let not a holy beacon, but this this person who is tasked with being a leader uh, of a community, and people put like faith in him, and they have a big expectation to uh, fulfill. All of a sudden, like commit suicide. I feel like that actually has like uh, repercussions. So I, I don't know. I feel like it, like he was been tempted to do so. Like that, I feel like that makes like he's made a pact with the devil. I, I like that. Mm. Well, I, I, I guess that's fair. Especially his uh, reaction while he's doing it. He's very kind of he's very kind of solemn and kind of unfeeling. Like 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 mm. like, like there's a determination, not a sadness to it. Yes, that's it. It's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and then to continue the plot, we get this reporter, which is again a trope that Fulci returns to he used the same trope in zombie 2 it should have been the night stalker that's all i'm saying like it should have seriously just been an episode of the night stalker richard ramirez uh, uh yeah this reporter hooks up with some chick with some loose connection to the plot <laughs> and then they just kind of eventually get there Ooh, getting the eyes bleeding okay okay oh you're on the car scene yes on the car scene yeah oh yeah. yeah you're about to see yeah the yeah there you go i'm so excited for this i can't even tell you <laughs> i'm glad this is actually fun yeah and by the way the uh, the guy in that scene that's michelle sovi isaac we saw him in demons he had like a metal mask on his face he was the one giving out that the was him eh okay interesting yeah that's he went on to have Oh, go ahead, Sean. The metal mask on his face is his IMDb picture. Oh, okay. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and he went on to have a, f a fairly 
solid career in directing Italian horror films. He directed this really cool giallo called Stage Fright and this really weird kind of unofficial uh, Gates of Hell film called The Church, which is almost like a fourth film in the series, but much less good. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. Oh, but such great mood. But they're going they're going all the way with it, though. Like, I, I can't help but respect it. Mm-hmm. Like, but like, here's the thing: it's gotten to the point where it's not even scaring me anymore. It's just kind of ridiculous. Oh, it's such a, it's got such a mood to it, though. If you're just sitting and kind of soaking it, it in, totally. <laughs> he squeezes the brain out of the back of his head. Oh my god! I just I realized this. how this this film is pretty tame when it comes to like female nudity. I just realized, like, you think like as yeah. the guy's going for like her breast, like it's gonna pop out. No, it's not. It's like I don't, I don't know why. Just because in other Italian films, uh, a lot of like female nudity is shown. So it was just fascinating that like this one was pretty tame with it. Yeah, I'm gonna write a complaint letter. That's true. There is always <laughs> <Yeah>. boobs. <laughs> there is always boobs. As, as you said, Isaac, another Italian move. move. I know. I heard that too. So, <laughs> Italian. Oh, shut the fuck it's, up! It's the way a coworker of mine uh, says it, so I just I, I just copy what he said. Italian movies. Well, you know, Fulci, he saved all the female nudity for uh, the New York Ripper. Yikes! <laughs> Can I just say, I thought the detective, by the way, would you recommend it? Um, that is the filthiest giallo I've ever seen. It's pretty cool if you can go with a completely filthy vibe. All right, we're watching it. <laughs> It kind of makes me think of Maniac, Sean. It, it feels kind of that grody to some degree. Uh, but it's cooler and more easy to watch, but pretty grody. Here's my question, Caleb. Why, I, I mean, not question, but I was, I was kind of shocked that the detective or the, the cop in the beginning, I thought he was going to be one of our main leads. Uh, just the yeah. way he was acting. He wasn't. I was very shocked by that. I was like, this guy actually gave like a performance, and I, I feel like he was going to... He was gonna like you know be a part of this cat. No, he's not. He's just there for like five minutes, and that's it. Oh, I love that guy. He's obsessed with grass. Everyone's on grass, man. It's like, oh, jeez. It was uh, was it shrooms and grass, or was it cracking cracking grass? That's what it was. Oh, I don't know. And then there's fire mysteriously popping up from I don't know where. For, what what like the hell was that about? Yeah, yeah, yeah that what? was weird. <laughs> that was a remnant. That okay. was that was a piece of the gate gated to hell opening. Right there. Okay. If you say so, Caleb. And that's gotcha. when the that's when the lady looks into the camera and she's like, "Now I know that mysterious things are happening somewhere, unimaginable things." It's so yeah, vague. and they set up the <laughs> fact that like he's gonna go to the basement, and like obviously that never came about. Oh, it was unoccupied. There was no one there. Yeah. What the dickens is this? <laughs> I actually just got to a scene. I should also point out. Please do. That's uh, the uh, the Fulci cameo. Fulci always likes to appear. Yeah, you know, he looked so normal. Like, he looked like, you know, someone's uncle. I wanted him to be, like, fucking ugly like Argento, you know? <laughs> oh, Argento was ugly as hell. <laughs> I'm sorry, Argento. He's, no, he still is. He still is ugly. Oh, yeah, so yeah. So who is he for Johnny's uh, reference? Um, he appeared around, like, the 33-minute mark. He had these giant bottles. He's playing the coroner. They're asking, like, have you ever seen anything oh, like this? Oh. And he's like, oh, well. <laughs> I just saw him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looked. I would not have guessed that was the director. He looks pretty normal. Yeah, he usually likes to show up in a, a cameo, playing like somewhat of an authority figure or a professional. So yeah, see, it isn't like like Shyamalan, where the camera almost kind of focuses on him, just so you know it's someone important. <laughs> hey, I liked him in old. Yeah, he plays it more. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. You, you know what, Isaac? I'll give you that uh... one. I, th I think we're divided on that movie, but I did like his cameo in old. <laughs> Thank you. 
Of course, he was like the somewhat hero again. The guy's such an egomaniac, I can't take it. Was he in the movie? Wait, in old? Yeah, in old. No, he wasn't. Somewhat. He was like the one good guy. Spoilers! Okay, 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 sorry. We'll, we'll, uh, no. the, that's for that film. That's I apologize, story. Sean. <laughs> but so, I don't think I got your opinion yet, Isaac. I've been, oh, I've been holding yeah, it. Oh, no, yeah, sorry. Uh, I do like this movie. Um, there's a lot of like... As as much as it sounds like I'm complaining about, there's a lot of like holes, but at the same time, yes. like for a gore fest, I was I did enjoy this. Uh, I love the atmosphere. I how how much was it filmed in New York and how much was it filmed in I I Italy? I don't know. Um, I will say because those they're like in Dunwich in Dunwich there was like towards the end you see like those cobblestone streets and I'm like I don't know if the, New York has any like cobblestone streets anywhere unless I'm incorrect on that. Oh, I don't know. Having not been there myself, so I, I'm completely 100% uh, inaccurate with this. So I assume it was like partially filmed in Italy and partially filmed in New York, as it usually is. Yeah, I know for the actress, one of the reasons that she signed on to do this movie, and she had no intention initially of doing this or doing any of the three. They just it just kind of happened. But one of the reasons that she agreed to go to do it was because she was going to get a little trip to the U.S. She'd never been there. She's a British actress. Oh. She was like, "Oh, I, that makes sense." Because, because her uh, when she was dubbing her her lines and her voice, it was she was I I, I detected a hint of Britishness. Yeah, so she was like, "Oh, no one." Her agent told her, "No one's gonna see it," and she'll get a free trip to the U.S. and get to stay in Rome for a few weeks. <laughs> free trip to the U.S. <laughs> no one's gonna see it. Free trip to America for these four knuckleheads. <laughs> well, it's it's just become like this trilogy is the thing that she's most well known for, and she says that she's always been baffled that for uh, around that this when this movie came out was right when the video nasties craze hit in the the UK. Oh yes, that that event. Yeah, and so it was buried. She even didn't put on a resume because it was kind of shameful to be attached to video nasties. It was kind of bad for your career, so she kind of hid this, and she's stunned that all these years later, this is what she's remembered by. So. <laughs> she said she's happy about it. She's happy that it found a fan base, but she doesn't get it. She doesn't like horror SJ. movies. SJ. Well, you know, I, I, <laughs> there's there's a couple scenes in this. One is, uh, I think Johnny brought it up the, what the dickens is this? It's just some shit in the floor. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was so weird. I, I was like, what the fuck is this? And then there's the scene with Bob and the blow-up doll. Oh. And like right mm. as he's about to do it. By the way, the blow up doll. I guess you just throw it against the wall and it blows up all by itself. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I'm not sure how those work either. Yeah, haunted, but haunted. haunted. The automatic pump. You pay extra for the the automatic pump. Self inflating. Hey. Pump. As he's about to uh, do with the blow up doll, he turns and looks, and there's a like a maggot worm written like baby corpse. Yeah. What the fuck is this? It's never explained, but never I like explained. it. I like it. Here's the reason I like that was to me, anyways, watching this movie. That was a tone setter mm -hmm. because that told you that that okay, this movie they're gonna have gore. It's gonna be gooey. They're gonna go all the way with it, and they're gonna make you look at it for a long yes. ass time. Wait till the maggot for me. That's like up. exactly how this movie has been so far. Yeah. Like, like every single gory scene, like, like hell, the organ scene, I, I just watched. Same diff. That, 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 that scene lasted a long fucking time. Yes. Just wait till... It was uh, gooey and it was gross. And it was... It, yeah, it's it's kind of like a mission statement almost. Yeah, Fulci was known as the, the godfather of gore in Italian horror films because he loves to linger 
on, yeah, just grody stuff, and also just suffering, like human suffering. We'll see a little bit later for, for you, Johnny. Huh. Um, but for the Bob character overall, <laughs> that's a character that I don't Bob. get. Like, he's a, he's the town weirdo, I guess. And Scumbag, horny child, I don't even know what you want to call it, runt. Potential molester, they make some comments that he was, like, caught with a girl, and they were lucky that they found them when they did. And he's, like, living life on the lamb, just in, like, these shut-down places. Like, I was like, what the fuck is this guy? <laughs> I kind of thought that he would turn out to be the hero, like, and save... No, he just gets killed. He gets killed with a drill, and then we don't hear about Bob anymore. <laughs> not even by the dead. <laughs> yeah, he's not even killed by the dead. He's killed by the guy from the bar uh, <laughs> whose daughter he allegedly molested. And we don't see the guy from the bar anymore. The other guy's at the bar... And by the way, this bar is like the saddest bar I've ever seen. <laughs> it's a small town bar. Seriously. Uh, the other guys at the bar, they get eaten by zombies. Yeah, well, you know, they got a lot of liquor, though. I'll tell you that much. Uh, oh, and it's a, it's a new building, too. Uh, you wouldn't know that, but it's a new building. I really actually like the bar scene, the first one that we see. When the mirror breaks? When the guys are just all, you know, when the mirror breaks and the wall cracks. There's something about that that feels really Lovecraftian in but some the, way. But when the wall cracks... The bartender's like, oh, this construction, this new goddamn building. Like, sir, I think you've got bigger problems. You may want to look into this. Oh, the, uh, the glass breaking, or the mirror breaking. Uh, truck went by. The vibrations. I'm like, well, then why didn't your all your liquor bo liquor bottles, like, fall down? Yeah, this is, yeah, exactly. Speaking of liquor bottles. Okay. That's what I was thinking. He was dipping into his own stock. Yeah, he's just, Yeah. <laughs> Also, it's surprising that those guys left, especially as soon as he said, like, hey, drinks are in the house, and they all leave. I'm like, what the heck? That is the first time I think I've ever seen somebody leave while when drinks are in the house. Well, these are the only two guys. Well, maybe not, because it's during the day. These are the day drinkers. These, these are the true alcoholics, these guys that we see in the scene. Um, and that one guy's eyes, uh, when the pu your pupils dilate, do they get big or small? Because his pupils are really small. Well... It depends on on the drug. I know typically, like, um, oh. uh, crap. What's it? I, th there is one. I I'm bad at this sometimes. I get these mixed up too. The, there's one that makes them big and one that makes them small. Typically, like like opiates, like IE fentanyl, will make them like pinned, mm -hmm. so smaller. Whereas, like, you know, marijuana will make them fucking swell okay. up. All right. Oh, but uh, just because she's going to be the the kind of central figure that we're going to be seeing throughout these three movies. What'd you guys think of uh, Mary or Katrina uh, Bacall or McCall? I think. Wait, I'm, I'm sorry. Quick question. You said she's the central character in all three movies. Uh, just the central figure, like the only actor that we see like throughout all. Oh, three. okay. Yeah, she's the lead of all three of these. I think that if you were going to have a movie like this and you are going to have two actresses, or maybe there's three actresses that are blonde. Could you put in a brunette or a redhead, please? Because the I thought she was strawberry blonde. Oh wait, I guess that is technically never show the whole rainbow. Yeah, I, 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 they all look the same to me. Uh, Emily is the one with the organs coming out of the mouth. Yep. No, that's. Uh, I think her name's Rose. Emily is the. Uh, she comes back as a zombie that looks like she has like like spaghetti on her face or something. She's all red and yeah, she's Ooh, a sister. She was killed. 
So, so you're telling me in the same movie, we in the same Italian movie, we have we have a we have a, a, a monster, a, a spaghetti monster. Yeah, it's, uh, they they ran out of effects for the makeup budgets. They're just like bringing craft services. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, that's terrible. <laughs> Who touched my spaghetti? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh no. <laughs> I, I, sorry, that felt racist. Um. So what was uh, okay? So Sandra. She uh, yeah. she's got some problems. Yeah, she yeah. doesn't go much anywhere. Poor thing. She's, you know, she's she's got a nice painting. She gets scratched by a cute cat. Oh, that cat was. Oh scratched. my goodness, I love that cat. And and you know they threw the cat onto the uh, chair. It was so cute. Yeah. Oh, that's a comfy chair. The cat he liked. Just the... a small rotund. Oh my god, spaghetti! Oh. <laughs> he liked that little throw. He's like, oh, I'm jumping. <laughs> Yeah, if you want to see another cat get thrown, uh, watch uh, Friday the 13th Part 3. That's another movie where they needed a cat to jump, but really someone just grabbed the cat and threw it in the frame. Jeez. Animal cruelty. Love it. I don't I don't like that. Me either. I, I don't care about all these senseless fucks getting stabbed, but don't, don't hurt the cat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. So not a big fan of Cannibal Holocaust, are we? Yikes. No, we are not. <laughs> we are not a fan of Cannibal Holocaust. No Ooh. cats get harmed in that movie, but it's still disgusting. You know what? I'm a fan of it from an artistic standpoint, but not from an ethical yeah. one. Oh, I didn't realize that, How's you, that? I didn't realize that you watched that, Johnny. I think that's an Italian horror film. Yeah. I didn't watch it. I, I, I just know what it is. Oh, God. I don't like... You know what? It's it, The second time I watched it, the first time I watched it, I was like... It was the turtle scene that got to me. Yes. And I didn't remember uh, any of the cannibal stuff. And then the second time I watched it on Shudder, it was the fucking stupid senseless rape scene. Yes. The rape scene is horrible. Oh my god. Yeah, and and Shudder has this thing called cursed film. I'm sorry we're not talking about the current movie, but Shudder okay. <laughs> has this uh show called Cursed Films and the last movie they talk oh, about yeah? is 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 Cannibal Holocaust. And they talked to the, the the one of the actors, one of the guys that was in that like film crew in the movie. He said he oh. hated that rape scene. He said oh. he didn't want to do it. There was so much stuff that he was forced to do that he just they were having a horrible time making that movie. Um, yeah, yeah. Now that that is a movie I will not be covering on the podcast. I will, yeah, I will never rewatch that. <laughs> And I'll, I'll say that what makes that rape scene the most horrific is it has that beautiful guitar piece playing over it. Oh, the Ennio Corny, the... It just creates this really strange effect to me. It's just, yeah, it's so disturbing. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, it's Italian. Yeah, it's yeah, and that was another one that was that was actually successfully prosecuted by the uh, during the video's nasty. They had to bring the director in there, trying him for murder. Yeah, thought he murdered so, the actors, <laughs> right? Because he told the actors to disappear, yeah. as, so it was like like they were actually dead. Oh, he's oh. such a dick. When he's being interviewed for that documentary, I saw he's a dick, and a lot of the stuff is the actors will say one thing we were forced to do this we were forced to do that and then they'll cut to him sitting in a cafe drinking a glass of wine and he'll be like i didn't force anybody to do anything i i, I think he's a dick um man in power that's what directors are men in power uh, or people in power excuse me yeah and i was gonna try to find some way to mention this if uh 
Let me make sure, actually. You guys go ahead. There's one thing I wanted to check about that guy. No, that's fair. Um, I'll just say, like, for, for Sandra, she seemed to have, like, the most character, I'd say, given that she has this... Hmm. Like, this, 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 this character that already has some, some um, trauma to her name, and that, like, she had problems with her, her father... And that she, first of all, there's there's an electric complex almost where she like is in love with her father when she's an eight year old, and the psychiatrist just says, "Oh yeah, no, that's a or psych, psychologist, sorry, uh, <laughs> difference." Uh, psychologist says, "Oh yeah, all girls at eight have that." I'm like, I don't yeah, think weird. It's what? True, I. He seemed like he was a pretty bad uh, psychiatrist, Jerry. <laughs> Quack, hack. He's like Peter Venkman in Ghostbusters. Oh, but sorry, I did. <laughs> I did confirm what I wanted to say about uh, the director of Cannibal Holocaust. Go ahead. So the guy who plays Bob in this, I was like, hey, I, I know that guy. He's in this horrible movie called uh, The House on the Edge of the Park. And I looked it up today, mm. and it turns out it's by the same director as Cannibal Holocaust. And it was basically like a, like a remake of Last House on the Left, except much uglier. They even brought back David Hess. Yeah, that thing is like a rape festival, and it is just a nasty, nasty movie. Sheesh. Horrible. <laughs> it's that same director. Trigger warning for those. That dude is just a sick, sick bastard as a filmmaker. <laughs> Made some really ugly movies. Dicks with power. That's that's all it is. Yeah, but anyway, that's, that's all I wanted to say about that guy. Probably not going to cover any of his movies on the podcast. <laughs> okay. Um... But I, I was just I thought we were gonna do something along the lines of uh, paralleling Sandra's uh, trauma with the, the 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 city of the living dead, the dead dead rising, basically. <laughs> uh, obviously, <laughs> we don't do that because I guess you know, whatever. But it's just, it's set up and, and and that's it. Well, yeah, she's killed. That's and I don't even know how she was killed because the zombie, the Emily zombie, was underneath the stairs. Did she climb up the stairs? Because the little boy... Was oh, my like, goodness. Yeah, I, it's, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like she almost, like, broke through space and time, like, put her arm inside, like, a wormhole, and then it popped out right next to... Behind Sandra's <laughs> yeah. head. Spoilers for you, Johnny. And then, like, grabs her head and does the same, like, you know, back-of-the-head skull crush. Yeah. That is one of the unique things about the zombies in this, is, yeah, they can, like, teleport. Oh, my goodness, yeah, Johnny, we have teleporting zombies. Instead of, like, runner yeah, zombies, they get around, don't they? Teleport zombies, which is the worst kind of zombies. I think it's cool. <laughs> They're there one second, and they disappear. Then they're right behind you and grab the back of your skull out. <laughs> it's actually a lot more intimidating than most zombies in most movies. Yeah, they still, like, walk slowly towards you, but they also, like, slowly, uh, they just teleport around. <laughs> teleport is the worst kind of zombie. Also, although I feel like, um... <laughs> Oh god! I, I didn't hear what he said. So it's no, fine. I'm just laughing at what you said. Teleporting zombies—that's the worst kind of zombies. <laughs> no, they're, they're up there. <laughs> oh no, are they? They're up there. Yeah. Don't don't let me talk to you. Don't let me tell you about uh, my whole like list of sharks. Like, let's not go there. Let me guess. Teleporting sharks are the worst kind of sharks. Well, there's the black hole sharks, which we have to be worried about. <laughs> what? Yeah, let's what get away fuck? from that. Let's get I'm away not even gonna. Have. Okay, now wait. I'm sorry. Black oh, holes. No. Yeah, no. It's, this, I don't this, even want to know. This goes back to our Jaws 3D commentary. God damn oh, it. there we go. You had a Jaws 3D commentary? Yeah, oh, yeah, no. Yeah, like, unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, it was one of the first that he did with us. Oh, wow. Awesome. Anyways, um, great one. Yeah, I remember it being pretty fun. I haven't listened to it in a very long time, but. That's, that's a poop movie. <laughs> that's a mood of You know, movie. when that movie came out, it was my birthday, and my parents were like, we're going to bring you to a surprise. 
Oh no. And they brought me to the roller rink, and I'm like, I don't want to go to the roller rink. You know, I, I want to go to the movies. I want to see Jaws 3D. So we, we saw Jaws 3, and I don't know how old I was, like 10? I'm like, this, it sucks. It's a bad movie. But then, so but then they were like, well, hold on. Hold our beer. We've got Jaws 4, The Revenge, right here. Hey, significantly. This time, it's personal. Much more enjoyable, Jaws 4, The Revenge. That's some kooky ass shit. It's boring. And I love the, the Brody boring. Widow. She's like completely bonkers and she's hooking up with Michael Caine. There's oh. two people who die in the entire movie, I think. Or maybe <laughs> three. It, this, this is so boring. Yeah, even people who cl- clearly died, they come back in the end like, I'm still alive. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Okay, this movie. This movie. Where was, that, where was the train of thought? I had something I was going to say. I don't even remember now. It was about the teleporting zombies, I think. Uh, there's that. It's a nightcrawler! Oh. It's a nightcrawler! No, it's a nightcrawler. Uh, well, hopefully not that Marvel character, but... Uh, oh, Caleb, what's your what's your impression? What's your what's your subjective view uh, and theories on... Uh, whenever they look at the priest, the hanging priest, who also teleports every part way, anywhere, uh, what's the deal with the eyes and the blood? Like, are they converting into zombies, or are they, like, so shocked that blood comes out of their eyes? Hmm. I don't know if I have any explanations or theories. These movies, again, I kind of just sit there and let them wash over me. And maybe... I don't know, maybe he, he's, like, a symbol of something so... So unholy and so broken that it just, like, like almost melts their brain or something. You know, know. that's fair because it does go back to what I just said about how, like, uh, a holy priest um, committing suicide to, you know, unlock the gates of hell. That probably does explain the whole, like, you know, instead of being hollow, it's it's perturbed, it's it's perverted. That that makes sense. My theory, at least. But it also only happens to women. Oh, yeah, you're right. The other thing. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Uh, Ooh, that's cool. When a man dies, when uh, the reporter Peter dies, uh, it, it's a uh, what is a zombie squeezes the brains out again, right? Yeah, the brains. And then, yep. and then the rats. <laughs> head crusher. And then the rats with the red eyes. I don't know how they did the red eyes. Oh, yeah, those it's... rats were so cute, by the way, as well. <laughs> those small, tiny rotunds. Like, oh my goodness. I loved it. I think I know how they did the red eyes. It's. That's I think lighting. they just got white mice. And just painted them, oh. painted them brown. <laughs> clever, clever. Yes. Oh, white rats. I guess um, if you have to, you gotta. And I don't know. I don't know why he died. It was like, I, I, and then when they go, when they find the crypt for the Thomas family, I'm like, wait, they're all in there? Because all the mausoleum. Is that a thing though? Where they there's mausoleums yeah. when you go down the ladder? Yep. Really. Well, well, sorry, the latter I don't know, but I do know there are families who have like a mausoleum. Oh yeah, where, yeah, like, seen, like, where, where all the bodies. I've yeah. seen those. See, see, also Stranger Things, where that would be their safe place. They'd go to a mausoleum, I think. Um, no, not Stranger Things. Fuck Ozark, Ozark. Yeah, I just wanted to mention about the crypt scene. Uh, I, I absolutely love the score to this. I don't think it's like the Goblin, uh, <laughs> Dawn of the Dead score. I don't see that comparison necessarily. Uh, but Fab- Fabio Frizzi does the score for all three of these movies. He was Fulci's regular composer. And I think he does some fantastic work in this, and especially that final song that he does. 
I think it's called Mysteries uh, Apothesis during the uh, the crypt scene. Like all the zombies are coming, and oh, that's such a cool piece of music. Sean, I'm sure you don't you don't care too much for that, but Isaac, what do you think of that piece of music there? I love it. I I enjoyed it. I, don't, I doubt I'm gonna be able to find that for you randomly somewhere wherever I found the uh, the demons soundtrack for you. Oh, I've already got it. I've been I it's on my uh, Spotify. I listen to it regularly, actually. <laughs> um, how many tracks are on that one? Um, I don't know. There's a few from this one, a few from the Beyond. Um, but I do actually have a lot of them. I just downloaded straight from YouTube. They're in my uh, music folder. So, are you telling me that the the score that goes boom, 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 boom that that doesn't sound like Dawn of the Dead at all? Uh, maybe you were thinking of the different pieces of music. Maybe I'll find it and turn it up for you. Oh God, I just skipped to the very ending. I can't wait to talk about that because that that is some baffling stuff. I cannot even begin to grasp what they're doing with the very very end the last like three three frames but <laughs> yeah uh yeah it, it, it's it's i think they wanted to do like the 400 blows but in a horror movie <laughs> do you ever has anybody ever seen that movie it's supposed to be i have really not good. seen that not oh yeah that's how the movie is sorry which one the 400 blows and it just ends with him on a beach running and then it pauses on his face and that's the movie. I was at a bar one time, and somebody was like, "That's the greatest ending of any movie." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" Just... Yeah, I gotta. I'll, I'll watch it and see. Um, me and Eric were talking about doing that. Actually, we're gonna do a little French oh, New he, Wave. Uh... He would. Oh god. Hey, I like the French New Wave. They got some weird shit, but I I can enjoy it. Uh, I do want to talk about the the crypt scene. I really do feel like that's when the movie kind of kind of all cylinders are. Are going? Oh, were you gonna say shits the bed? <laughs> yeah, shits the bed. It shits the bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that scene. I love it. I love the set design. Web... Oh, oh, never mind. Sorry. Oh. I'm watching the the drill. Scene I was right gonna now. say, like, first off, they set that up perfectly when the when Bob just for some reason goes into the house where the per, uh, the, the 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 guy whose daughter he was you know cuddling with uh, before. <laughs> Like last year or whatever it was. Polite way of saying uh, whatever that Polite was. Polite way of saying, yeah, no. He sleeps in that car. I'm surprised he does that. That's already like, you know, a red flag there. And then, not a red flag, but that's already like, you're risking a lot, buddy. And then, daughter shows up, finds, gets her like, bottle of weed. And it's like, she immediately sees, it's like, hey, you want to smoke some weed? It's, and he's just like, uh, I don't know if I want to in this. And then the hey, dad would, shows up. I'd be smoking that weed with her. She's hot. <laughs> But then her psycho dad shows up, like motherfucker. He just fucking killed a guy with a drill press. And he's loving it too. Like, holy shit! It's a brutal scene. <laughs> it's so weird though. Like before the the dad, he was at the bar. He, you know, he said if I ever like saw that guy, I'd kill him. Um, <laughs> and, that's and great. That see, <laughs> that's fair. The, I didn't find that like ah, uh, you know, that's what people would say, but they actually <laughs> don't do that. It's one of those just things where you know you're drunk and you just say that like offhandedly. I did not expect for that to actually happen. No, he's a twisted fuck. He was just waiting. That makes me think, though. You know what I want to see? I want to see Fulci do, like, well, he's not gonna because he's dead. But All I right, want to see, like, that, that drill scene reminds me of Needful Things. You guys ever see Needful Things or read the book? No, I've not done Is both. It about needles? Basically, this, this guy opens an antique shop, moves into Castle Rock, and he gets 
all the people in the town to plot against each other and kill each other. I want to see Fulci do that. I think there'd be some great gore in that and some, yeah, that's what that made me think of. Oh, interesting. Hmm. But, uh, yeah. Uh, Johnny, what are you thinking so far of the film, if I may ask? Um, I definitely agree. Like the visuals and the and the atmosphere and the aesthetic is kind of more important than the plot. I mean, I've also been like kind of half paying attention because I'm talking to you guys, but like, exactly. of, of course. Yeah. But like, like in terms of story beats, there's nothing that's really stood out. I mean, there's the kills have been good, the atmosphere, the subject matter is good, but uh, not not much else. Truth be told. Yeah, and for you, Sean, have you seen... Uh... It's very aesthetically cool. Indeed. Sean, have you seen The Beyond? No, I have not. Hmm. And I haven't seen The House by the Cemetery either. Uh, another movie that I know has a character named Bob in it. Yes. <laughs> What's it about Bob? House by the... I was going to mention that. Let's keep an eye on Bob. Let's see if it pops up in all three. Yeah. Because I know for a fact it Bob. pops up in the third one. Oh, boy. In the house by the cemetery, guys, there is a character named Bob. He's a little kid, but what's oh. important about him is that he has a voice like this. It's like the most horrible little kid voiceover horrible ever heard. <laughs> it's just terrible. Yeah, let's save that. <laughs> but I, I will say for for you, Johnny, I'm excited for you to see the Beyond, and for for you guys as well, because I feel like mm. a lot of what this movie does is done much better in the Beyond. They're Okay. The House by the Cemetery, it's tied to these these two, but it kind of goes off and does its own. It's got its own style to it and kind of story. And these two feel like they're almost parallel movies in a way, which is interesting. So hmm. I'm excited to hear, hear what you think about that one. But um, I did want to talk about that. Uh, what, what you thought about that drilling scene? Did you find that disturbing? Because I found that scene. Each time I watch it, I'm always like, wow, that's the scene that feels the most like hard-edged by killing a bob out of nowhere <laughs> yeah well it, it, it was out of nowhere like i kind of wonder if bob was in this movie just to die like just for an excuse to use that scene the way it was Could be. genuinely like because because it like it, like there was a lot of effort put into that scene it definitely get a lot more it got a lot more savage than i thought it was gonna get i did think he was gonna put it through his eye first initially like the way he was holding his head but yeah, I thought it was actually pretty well done, and yeah, genuinely, it was for something that was obviously had to be fake. It was pretty fucking good for its time. Yeah, and I feel that way. I'm always curious how they did the eye effects with the bleeding, because that looks almost like too good in some way. It looks like they really are like filling yeah. people's eyelids with blood. Yeah, fake blood freaks me out. Yeah, and that was always something I really liked with the. Uh, Italian horror films because you look at American horror films around this same year 1980 a lot of their effects I feel like look a lot more primitive and they they weren't willing to push buttons in the same way go all out there with the gore so I always thought that was an edge that these uh, Italian horror films had uh, yeah you know what that's absolutely right I'm thinking of like maybe like Friday mm. the 13th mm -hmm. they're violent but they're not gory yeah and they're all kind of samey too you know Except for the thing, which I believe was was 81, 82, right? The thing. Yeah, eighty two. Yeah. Eighty two. Yeah. Yeah, but like for for its time, yeah, the American films there was just like more stabby stabby, than the, 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 than gore. Yeah, and I always thought it was funny because, uh, like, the slasher films were all the rage in the eighties, and then like in the seventies, mm -hmm. the Jalos, which were kind of the Italian, like predecessor to slashers, 
were all the rage in the 70s. It's almost like they just ripped off the slashers, and, or ripped off the Jalos and turned them into slashers. I just thought that was interesting. Uh, I don't know. Slashers to me have always been a, and you can crucify me for, like for me for this if you want. Slashers for me were were, were kind of like the most bereft of substance of the horror genre, in my opinion. The directive sub substance. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. The the slashers were the most bereft of substance. A bereft of okay, mm-hmm. okay, okay. Yeah, with the exception of like with the, with the exception of the of the original Halloween and like. Scream, which was at least different. Black Christmas. I don't really get too much enjoyment. And also, Candyman, I guess, is a slasher. Yeah, yeah, in a way, in its way, yeah. Yeah, but like, like, like that one to me is a slasher done right because it was it was a dude killing people, but it was like there was a lot more going on to it than that. There were actual themes, much like you would see in in a classic horror story that reflects the period of time in which it was made. Yep. Much like classic horror literature. Um, slasher. But uh, sorry that this, this discussion could get deeper, and I might just derail the whole fucking movie. But slashers, I guess, in the sense that they the killers were typically killing people who like were doing stuff that was deemed against traditional values, like you know the kids who were partying, the ones who were having sex, the ones who were doing stuff that that was kind of seen as like taboo or not okay, were the ones who usually got axed, and that's perhaps social commentary in itself in a weird way. I, I don't know, but generally, I don't really see a lot of a lot of substance in that genre, truth be told. No, no, not really. What really irritates me, though, is the way that some of the critics, and I'm looking at you, Roger, Ebert, and Siskel, <laughs> um, oh, yes. how they would just overreact and say, these films are so misogynist, um, they kill women, yeah, you know, oh. and it turns out women flocked to those films just as much as the boys did, you know? Um, they enjoyed him just as much. Um, do they have any value now? I kind uh, of. I mean, you know, I, I, for me, I own all of the Friday the Thirteenth films on on Blu-ray. Am I ashamed of that? No, I haven't watched. I haven't watched them all. And you shouldn't be. <laughs> but my my favorite quote from Roger Ebert, or maybe it was Siskel. I can't remember which one, was like, "These these slasher movies, all these teens are flocking to them. What are they getting from them?" They're seeing that they're gonna uh, live, that they're gonna live short lives and die young. And they're like, it's gonna depress teenagers. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, this no, is such the didn't. weirdest reading. Yeah, no, that, that is the that's so incorrect. That's wrong. And and then you know everybody would be watching Siskel and Ebert because they were the mainstream critics. Critics. Yeah. I mean, mom and pop weren't reading Pauline Kyle. Uh, they were listening to what Roger uh, and, and uh, Roger. Ebert, when Ebert was Roger. Yes, your your close friend Roger. Yeah, your close friend uh, Gene, since you almost met him. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh well. Oh well. And then he died. Yeah. Um, R.I.P. But uh, I, yeah, I, I I think they get a worse rep. I mean, there's a lot. There are a lot of shitty horror movies that have yeah. come out over the years. A lot of shitty yeah. horror movies. But the movies that they focused on were not that shitty. This movie that we're watching right yes. now, despite the gore, is really not that shitty. It's it's actually kind of cool. Um, if we were in 1980, though, and going to see it at the theater, would we feel the same way about it as we are in 2022? You know, sitting in the comfort of our home, watching it on Shutter, and knowing that it's uh, 40 years old? 
I, I don't know. Um, Good question. Well, it, it had its audience even then. And again, I, I'm I'm almost positive that because I know that um, uh, John Carpenter was influenced by the Jalos when he made Halloween. He's talked about how he always liked European cinema. That's partially what was in, inspiring him to make uh, mm-hmm. Salt and Precinct 13. And Prince of Darkness feels just like these movies. It's it's so similar. Oh my god! What scene are you on? The Sa- Sandra getting brain squeezed. Oh, there you go. You know what? The fucking facial expression on that zombie was so good. And then it just fucking disappears. Holy sh- like, like, that's... That's fucking crazy. Straight face, doesn't even care. Oh, yeah, we need to talk about that. Because these people can make the zombies disappear by closing their eyes and being like, yes. it isn't real, uh, it isn't real, it isn't real. That was some weird shit. I don't understand that moment. <laughs> There's a lot in this that I don't understand. There's a lot of just awkwardness. Like, yeah, that scene, it's like, what the hell is that? There's also this weird exchange. I do like it, though. That, that's the thing. Is I like it. Like, it, I, I don't get it, but as soon as you... And maybe it, it's cheap to attach Lovecraftian to something because then you don't have to get it. <laughs> you know, because it's just kind of... It's otherworldly. It's cosmic space-dimensional bullshit. You're probably not going to understand it. Understanding it would, would, would blow your brain up, so you shouldn't understand it. But... Maybe that's the, the, that's a cheap technique, but it doesn't take away from how fascinating this is. Yeah. It's, it's just it just seems it seems too deliberate and too planned to be just like the, the effect of bad of bad writing. Mm-hmm. Like like I, I can't think of a western movie where you would have seen something that bad shit insane of a, a fucked up zombie with a actually pretty pretty unsettling facial expression, just squeezing someone's brain out and then just fucking popping out of existence. Yeah, and I can't wait to talk about the beyond because when I saw that, I was convinced that Fulci was in some way like an abstract, like genius. I was like, "There's so much in this movie yeah. that must be, that must mean something." And we'll discuss what I maybe think now, but yeah, I don't know. That moment never comes back. It's just he he blinks his eyes and the zombie disappears, and we never touch on that again. So, so sometimes I don't know if he just throws stuff in there for mood or. Or convenience, I don't know, but but it does work in its own way. It, it does fit its own sort of like almost dream logic or something. Yeah, kind of like Phantasm, I guess you'd say, Sean. Oh, but actually, here's the music that I was talking about. Play right here for you guys. <laughs> I don't know, Isaac. Have you seen Dawn of the Dead? I, I can't remember if we watched that together. I can't hear anything. Can you guys hear anything? Oh, here. It sounds um, it sounds like a, a, a church piece almost. A little bit, like a haunted choir. A bit pipe organy. Oh, never mind. Even then, it's still like, no, yeah, it's, I'm still gonna go with it. That sounds like a church choir or like a, a pipe organ going off. A perverted one at that. Um, okay, this does not sound like Dawn of the Dead, but I swear, Caleb, there's. You just have Dawn of the Dead on your mind all the time, eh? And of course, Goblin did do the score for, for Dawn of the Dead, so a lot of those Italian... Uh, I really hope we don't get a copyright strike for that. <laughs> Probably not. Or copyright, excuse me, not a strike for it on YouTube. Um, but a lot of Jenny, Italian... What do you think of the score so far? That's what I was going to ask. Oh. Huh? What, what do you think of the score? Me? Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Uh, from what I've heard of it, I mean, I mean, I'm not. I don't remember the score of that other film Sean's talking about too well to know if it's a ripoff or not. But it seems to be doing its job just fine. Okay. I mean, I mean, I mean, the moment, the chase scene moment, like it. I just watched. Like there was a bit of '80s, a, a bit, a bit of, some some '80s sounds in there, matching with the kind of more like pipe organy sounds and just and church music sounds that Isaac's talking about too. And I always find that mix really cool. In fact, this is 1980, and this is right around the time when industrial music was getting popular yes or, or, or at least beginning to rear its head with bands like the throbbing gristle and bauhaus and joy division were starting to come up as well and that kind of gothic sound and that's very much what we'd see going forward with with coil and those aforementioned bands in the 80s where they would be combining those older organic sounds like pipe organs brass instruments with electronics i fucking love that i, I like it when they bridge two things that shouldn't that kind of shouldn't make any sense together and just make it work. Well said. So I like it. Well said, sir. Thank you for that. Uh, Caleb, I'm sorry. I, you were, you were saying something I can rudely interrupted. What were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say for Sean. Uh, yeah. A lot of the Italian, uh, composers around this time, were all working in a very similar mode. Ennio Marconi, Ooh. when he was doing giallos would make that similar, similar kind of music. Uh, Goblin, of course, Fabio Frizzi or, uh, Stelvio, uh, Cipperini. Like they're all kind of making that similar sound, but I I, I much prefer this than the uh, what Goblin did with Dawn of the Dead. But maybe maybe I'm a little burned on there because uh, I recently watched the European cut, and I just I think they way overdo it on the music on that one. I think it's terrible. As much as I love Goblin, I do think that their European music or European cut, the music that they do is pretty bad for that. But but great work for with Suspiria, so I can't knock them too much, but. What do you think of the uh, the ultimate climax here in the uh, the crypt? I'm legit right at that moment. Yes, so I'm, I'm excited to hear yes. your your yes. thoughts as I go into it. Yes, let's go. Yeah, for me, I I really enjoy the set design. It does get super duper blue, but it almost feels like they're like descending into some sort of like hellscape with all the skeletons in the ceiling, and that cool music kind of building. I think all that stuff's quite cool, but I do understand, Sean, why you would think it just kind of shits the bed and just stops makes, making sense. <laughs> Those zombies look so cool, though. There was one... They really do. Th- there was one... It was, it was like a lady zombie, and like her face was like half skull, half flesh. Um, but they just walk so slow. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't... And then they stab... Oh, there happens to be a crucifix with a sharpened <laughs> uh, thing stab him in the stomach with that and that does it and he burns and takes too long it literally takes too long like okay and this is the ending i get it could you wrap it up i gotta go masturbate <laughs> no, they make they make it worse because they repeat the same beat twice like oh no we encountered a zombie type thing and now the now the female characters her eyes is bleeding he has to grab something sharp and poke the, the zombie in the belly yeah, they do it twice. <laughs> you know what? I I do like how the zombies, they're they're kind of stationary and they barely move and they're slow because there's a certain, especially the way the camera focuses on them so much that there's a certain almost hypnotic quality to mm-hmm. it, where it's like like you know yeah us as the viewers are just like why the fuck isn't that thing moving, but like I feel like to, like to the characters there's something much in the same way that but yeah they can close their eyes and be like you're not real and it goes away. But there's there's probably some kind of psychological hold they have on the person. Yeah, I agree. 
that's what makes me think like that. Like it just it's interesting because we've seen so many, and maybe it's because I've seen so many zombies over the years. Of, yeah, Night of the Living Dead, um, Left for Dead, Twenty Eight Days Later, um, Dawn of the Dead, The Walking Dead, a whole lot of deads right now, eh? um, and just like so many different, and also the infected. I, I just like seeing something different. Yeah. With zombies, we, 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 we've either got their swarms and they move fast, or there's or they just shamble around and they're slow and you blow their heads off. <laughs> this is at least unique to me, so I kind of like that. I can appreciate that. Yeah, they. Um, but there is something else about the end because after they defeat the priest, who, by the way, is this a gateway to hell? I don't know. And and all they have to do is defeat that one priest who died. And by the way, I thought that he died like years and years ago. Turns out when they when they find out his gravestone, he died that year. It was really recent. There's no explanation. I, I know one of you said maybe he made a pact with the devil or something. But once they kill him, then everything's okay, supposedly. Supposedly. Because then yeah. they, they, climb, they climb out of the crypt and they see John John. And they're like laughing, like, oh, there's John John. We've just been through hell and pack, and Peter's dead, and his brains are eaten by rats. But my God, this kid running to us, that's a real shake, I'll tell you. And then it's like freeze frame. John John, you know, stops running, and then we get the animated. What the fuck just happened? Oh, and they start screaming too. And yeah, yeah then the. What, what, what happened? I, I mean, I wanted to see John John turn into a zombie or something. If that's going to happen, I'd love for that to happen. No, there's that doesn't. That yeah. I got so angry at that because up to that point, I was kind of invested in the story. You know, like mm-hmm. even though I thought that them coming up and looking at him were like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> we made it." What do you know? Let's go have some ice cream. No, what? Why are you? Why are you frightened? I don't understand. The weird, the weird slow motion of the running, and then yeah. It's oh yeah, man. God, it's so eighties. I remember <laughs> watching Teen Wolf for the first time on video, and I said to my friend, "Hey, I will bet you anything this ends with them winning the basketball team, basketball game, and then they're going to throw them in the air, or hold them on this on their shoulders, and they're going to freeze frame, and that's exactly what they did." And, and they freeze frame in this movie. But I don't know what, what are they, you know, it, it, what are they doing? It, it, you know, it's not like when you watch Murder, She Wrote. And the end of every episode is Jessica laughing at some joke. <laughs> freeze frame, executive producer, blah, blah. No, there's, <laughs> there's no explanation whatsoever. And I'm sure that Fulci thought he was being artistic and, and clever. But... No, there's there's no clues to tell us what's going on there. You know, you're not David Lynch, dude. Don't try it. No, just wait till next time. Stop fucking around. Just wait till next time. It doesn't come out creepy. It just oh, no. comes out kind of dumb. It um, does. Yeah, it comes off like like that ending to Nightmare on Elm Street when it's all a dream and they pull the the mom through the she turns into a blow up doll. They pull her through the wind, through the door. Have you seen Nightmare on the Street? Oh <laughs> At yeah. At the very end, they, they get that stupid twist ending when the mom gets pulled through a, a door. She turns to a blow up doll, and it's like, what the hell was that? What's happening? Well, that's how I felt with this. Admittedly, I've 
I've never been a big fan of that movie, but it makes more sense than this. Yeah, I always thought... It does. Nightmare on Elm Street was kind of dumb. I I just didn't get it. It, Like, he didn't feel like a... It was all about Freddy making cracks and... You know, the first one. You know, the first one. It was it it had all the same tropes and problems that a lot of the slashes of that time period had, but it at least made things interesting with the dream logic and Freddy's weird ass kills. Yeah, that's how I felt. It went way over the edge with the sequels because yeah, he did turn into like a stand-up comedian, and the whole uh, son of a thousand maniacs. I just can't. That's so stupid. <laughs> I remember there was one, and I saw it in the theater. My friend was into it. And uh, there was a kid that was into comic books. Oh, that's... He, yeah. Yeah, he turns him into a comic book character, like a paper character, and just slashes him up with his with his fingers. And I always thought that was pretty cool. Uh, you don't hmm. see that in the first one. And and the fun thing about that movie is... I'm sorry, I'm a little drunk and I'm... But, it's all good. <laughs> uh, when I was a kid, I was not yet... Was it 13 or 14 before you could see R-rated movies? I don't remember. 17. No. I don't know. Yeah, 17. I was a kid. And uh, my mom's like, well, we can go see your first R-rated movie, and it was going to be Breakfast Club. Not the best first R-rated movie to bring a kid to. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but it's just boring. (laughs) So she thought, okay, we're going to go in. Before the movie starts, we're going to sneak in, and we're going to see the beginning of, I think it was The Terminator. And um, the dates are not matching up with when these movies came out. But this is how I remember it. Before we saw The Terminator, we saw a preview for Nightmare on Elm Street. And they show the scene with Johnny Depp getting sucked into the bed. Fucking terrified me. Like, oh my god. That's an awesome scene. That is going to happen to me when I go home and I go to bed. I can't sleep on the bed. Oh my god. When I see it now, it's like whatever. But I'm almost fifty years old, so. Um, <laughs> oh, when I watch it now, I just can't stop looking at uh, Johnny Depp's uh, midriff. Mid-drift. Area, that, uh, uh, yeah, oh that's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that's the booze talking for me too. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there are some. I gotta say, there are some really good shots of like eyes and like just gazes in it in this movie, especially when the ghosts are staring at people and getting their eyes to bleed. There are some very intense shots of someone's face in this, not going to lie. Yeah, and I did want to mention, I think another reason why I've always been attached to Fulci's work is I think he's got just a, a really cool style as a filmmaker in terms of like his camera movements. He's got a lot of really cool zooms in this. And during that seance scene early on, he's got like a cool chaotic energy where he's kind of like, like it's locked down, but he's just swiveling everywhere at each different character. I thought that was really cool. There's like a nice flowing mm-hmm. quality to his work too. So mm-hmm. I've always thought he had a really cool visual uh, aesthetic to him. So Caleb, I think that you're the most familiar with his films out of all of us. Um, what is your favorite full chief uh, film? Um, well, I am very partial to this Western that he made called for the apocalypse. Love that movie. Uh, but I do think the beyond is my favorite of his, his flick. Mm, mm, mm. So I'm excited to talk about that. That's the next one, right? That's the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess we could. Are you? Do you guys want to move to final thoughts for this, or do you guys have any other kind of straggling things you want to mention? I'm done. Isaac. 
So, uh, the whole part, the whole bit with uh, when uh, what is it? The, the reporter and Mary arrive and they meet. They, the, the, the two the, the two groups finally meet. They converge, right? Mm. And they um, what's his name? The psychologist is there at the cemetery, and uh, the reporter just like insists, "We got we gotta we gotta find the priest's tomb." And then they like, leave the cemetery. And I'm like, why? Oh. What? What's going on here? And then I realized, I said to myself, okay, I think I know why. Pucci needs us to uh, have these characters interact with each other so that they at least can bond as characters and, you know, feel each other. Especially when, like, Mary starts comforting comforting JJ so it doesn't feel weird. Um, oh, that was odd. Um, and... And then, like, do you want me to call him Jonathan Johnny? I'm, I, I doubt that, but <laughs> anyway. I, and then they go back, like, they do a bunch of stuff. Um, uh, What's-her-face dies, and then they just go, which I don't even know if uh, the psychologist felt anything when she died. <laughs> and, no. like, didn't have anything whatsoever. I don't even know if she did die or not. Also, he, like, after after JJ is, like, either going home or whatever it was um or no he after he runs away from her getting killed like you know skull back of the skull crushed um he like he knew runs away and then all of a sudden like bam the psychologist appears out of nowhere i'm like how did he get there i guess he read the script he also can teleport maybe he's a zombie I don't know. <laughs> and then they finally go back to the, the the three of them go back to the uh cemetery and they find the, the and then the guy the reporter once again says oh we gotta find the priest's tomb i'm like what the hell were you guys doing before the whole time anyways? De developing each other's characters and, like, getting along with each other? What the heck is going on? It's called a circle jerk, sir. Oh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> I, do, I do want to mention this just since you're bringing up things that don't really make sense. There's a scene because they're like, oh, how do we find this Dunwich? It's not even on a map. Like, what is this place? Then they end up talking to some random priest and they're like, oh, do you know about this priest who killed himself? Do you know where Dunwich is? And he's like, oh, yeah, I know where it is. Go back towards the highway, take a left, you'll find a road that was, like, blocked by a landslide. He's like, that'll take you to Dunwich. Dunwich. <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay, thanks. And I was like, wait, I thought they just said it was blocked by a landslide. How's that going to take him to Dunwich? <laughs> and then suddenly they're there. I was like, what? what? Why did he put that line there? <laughs> you know, it, it, yeah, that makes What? <laughs> What's going on with that? The movie shouldn't be called City of the Living Dead. I mean, this isn't New York. This isn't Chicago. It should be called Village of the Living Dead. Town, Town of, Living of the Dead. Yeah, because Dunwich is this little tiny place. And I actually looked it up because I thought Dunwich was a real place. I mean, it is, but... <laughs> yeah, not this Dunwich. Yeah, it's in uh, UK, the UK. Um, uh, yeah... Uh, we, uh, it's okay. This movie doesn't really suck. It's it's just of its time. It's it's got it, the the Italian thing. I mean, like for instance, we never find out what happened to the mortician. I think. Oh my goodness! I gotta brought to bring that up as well. Yeah. <laughs> What's her name? I think she just bit him. What with the funny hair and and she first to, okay. That guy looks like like a potential like you know molester yes. or something like that because yeah. like he, he he first like he's preparing um, uh, uh, Emily up 
uh, I, I, sorry, that sounded weird, but like, yeah, they, as as they do, they like you know prepare the body, they drain her of their blood, uh, which makes me question why Mary wasn't drained of her blood when she got when she died and then got in the coffin. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, if they drain Emily's blood, why don't they drain Mary's blood? Whatever. Yeah, they didn't even have a proper funeral for Mary. Apparently, nobody gave a shit about her. <laughs> like, okay, well, just give her these two schlubs. All those friends of hers in the beginning. Uh, <laughs> some friends they are. But they were all high. <laughs> the mortician looks like he's dressing her up, right? And then, like, he goes in there and he removes their jewelry. I feel like he's stealing, but at the same time, it's like, no, that's yeah, typically what? <laughs> what morticians do. But it just the way he, I guess, acted and his face acted, I was like, why is he. Why, why does it look like he's stealing something? I, I, don't, I don't like that. And then, yeah, all of a sudden he just bites her and, yeah, that's, that's it. I'm like, what was that for? No, he was getting into it. This was he was preparing for for something we don't Ugh. want to see. I, I wanted I wanted to see him get full on mauled and eaten because <laughs> he, he doesn't answer the door later on uh, when what's his face yeah that and, guy yeah and, and okay so he's so he's dead in there. I want to see him get eaten. Come on, guys, you're 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 short sheet in the bed here. I want to see the mortician get it because he's obviously a scumbag, you know. Have you never no. read Tales from the Crypt? It's the bad guys always get their comeuppance. Even though they're not the bad guys. If they're slimy and they do. Anyway. <laughs> the relative bad yeah. guys. Relative to the... The, the antagonist, shall yeah. we say. Well, but Isaac, do you feel like you you got much more? Should we head over to the final thought? No, no, no. I think, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, I'm, I'm good for now. We can we get on this movie. What, what I'll say to Alice, Johnny, what do you think of like the ending itself? I'm I'm just I, I just watched a scene where 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 they burn everything. Mm. Oh, so you haven't gone to the final like last moments? No, I'm not not quite. They're crawling out of the tomb right now. But um, so inside the crypt, I I first of all, great visual. It's a, it's a scene we see all the time, you know, inside like a mausoleum or any of that. But it somehow made it look distinctive. And I, I think it was the cobwebs. The cobwebs are really cool. In there. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, they were. And I find it really interesting how, like, you know, a lot of these mausoleums, like, and, and another good point of reference, even though it's, it is what it is as a movie, is the haunted match with Eddie Murphy. <laughs> you know, they, they walk into a mausoleum in there, and all the zombies, what, what the fuck is that? Freeze frame. <laughs> he got to it. He got to okay, it. So, okay, so, uh, okay, I'll, I'll deal with you in a minute. Okay, so first of all. Like, every corpse is nicely in their crypt, you know, they're nice in the walls, they're all tucked away, they're all prepared, they've lovingly been prepared, like, you know, by their relatives before they were, uh, you know, put in their final resting place. And this one, I like how they're all just kind of lying around, coated in cobwebs. <laughs> it either implies disrespect, or it implies that they've been up and shambling about for some time now. And I kind of want to, like, I'm curious as to which one it is. You know, and like for, for but at the same time, for whatever reason, they've been like it's almost like like there's like this maybe happened before, and the corpses got up for a bit, and they shambled around, killed some people, you know, raped some churches, burned some women, and oh then came God. back down, and then came back down into the crypts and got co and got coated in cobwebs, you know. But um, I, I'm just curious. I like the aesthetic of that. Yes, they do move slowly, but I got the feeling it was more to show. Especially in that final scene, it was more to show the slow passage of time, or maybe show the character thinking, because everything moved kind of slowly at that point. So I feel like, as they were getting boxed in, the zombies did slow down. I do agree with you on that. 
that I feel like it was almost more because like just to show show the pacing of the of the scene more than anything else. It's it it's still classic eighties whereupon the characters just don't die because they just don't die even though they're fucking surrounded. And then I also notice a lot of horror movies don't seem to know how to do the how to do the final boss thing. <laughs> and, and, and maybe it's because I'm a video. I've been a, I've been playing video games my whole life. But typically, when you, when you get to the end of the scary ass dungeon, especially if you're, play, if you're playing D and D or something, oh the big thing at the end is going to die in more than one hit. <laughs> He's right. I, I agree. Also, yeah, didn't even go with his heart. Like, 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 really, this thing has been terrorizing everybody for so long, and some guy just grabs a fucking crucifix, which happens to be. <laughs> right there. Luck check. And Luck puts, check. Yeah, and and just fucking puts it through, and he dies in one hit. Well, I mean, I guess it harkens back to vampire literature, where the wooden stake is what kills the beast. But it didn't even go in his heart. Yeah, it's such an anticlimax. Yeah, it did. Yeah, but like, but that that's just kind of a lot of these movies. You know, they don't really. And to be fair, I kind of, I wouldn't know how to end that either. Like, you know, how do they kill the monster? Well, they, they, they I, I would have gone with, like, you know, burn them or something, you know? Because, like, like fire and undead typically don't mix very well. But... And then he self-spontaneously he self spontaneously combusts. Well, I do like that, actually. Once, once again, back to classic vampire literature. Same kind of shit. But, I, I mean, I don't know. It, it was okay. I, and then... I, I, do, I do like how we get to watch the zombies burn for like two minutes. That was kind of cool. That was nice. Yeah, I, I did enjoy that. I have, a, I have a theory, by the way, Johnny. I have a theory for the um, in the mausoleum with all those skeletons hanging from the closet. First off, I kept thinking of Thriller, by the way. <laughs> oh, fuck you. Uh, that was, I don't know why. I just thought of Thriller for that reason. Uh, and been surprised at the end, you know, with, with his whole monologue there. Great, great song and a great video. But I was thinking that, you know, they mentioned, they, they kept mentioning like certain characters in uh, Dunwich mentioned that this was built on the grave site and or at least on the town of Salem back in the day. Mm -hmm. And oh, I was like, is this nice. is this like an open mass grave? Uh, where mm -hmm. all like the Dun mm -hmm. Dunwich is mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. That's a very good very good thought. It's just me projecting. Yeah, I guess they did look like women. Yeah. A lot um, of them. Or at least dressed like women. Yeah. We need to talk I'm sorry, there is one more thing I need to bring up. I'm so sorry. Hey, sure. Bring up as much as you can. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, the maggots. Oh. That maggot scene. I had yes. said the maggot scene. Johnny, what did you think of the maggot scene? <laughs> Very much what I think of this entire movie. It was ridiculous, but they went all out with it. There were just maggots on yes. everything. I fucking love how Did he... Did not hold anything back. I freaking love how there's that phone there. And he just wipes the maggots <laughs> off the top of the of the handheld part of the receiver. Uh, the thank you receiver. He just wipes the maggots off of it. I'm just like, as if he's about to use it. I just love that detail. I don't know why. Who is this? <laughs> what is so great about that scene is that there are actual fucking maggots everywhere, and uh. you, you can tell that the actors are not moving uh, because they don't want to step and kill the maggots. And so there's this very awkward long shot where it's the four of them standing there. <laughs> and they're not moving their feet, but they're brushing all the maggots out of their hair. Oh, like, Don't God. move. You're not going to kill the maggots. We're going to use them in the next movie. Um. <laughs> oh, and then uh, what's-her-face, like, pukes. I don't know whether oh, that yeah. was real vomit from her or if that was, like, uh, a vomit take. Oh. The, des the description on Shudder actually mentions that. 
Um, Interesting. Like the warning? The, like the warning vomit. Is that, is that what you're saying? No, it, it says something <laughs> like, oh, it's got great gore effects and also oh. a famous scene where an actress pukes. It makes it sound like it's real vomit. I don't yeah. think it looked mm. like real vomit. I think it looked more like spray, baby diarrhea movie. Vomit. Oh, I was oh, going to say the same thing. Red. Uh, but uh, yeah, <laughs> it's good vomit scene though. I mean, like oh, I couldn't. By look. the way, there's maggots. I've eaten maggots. They taste pretty good. Can I just say that right now? Really? Oh, well, they're like you uh, know fat little guys, so yeah. I wouldn't expect them to not be like you know chunky. Like I assume. So how how did that work exactly? If I may ask, were they still alive? I, I'm or? also curious. No, 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 they weren't alive. Okay, I went to a, it was a Halloween party, and the host um, he he baked them. He had them on like a cookie sheet, and we just stood there in the, in the kitchen and we ate them, and they were crunchy, and we just ate them like they were fucking Oreos out of the box. Mm, these are pretty good. Nobody else in the party would eat them. Like oh maggots, you eat mag- whatever. You eat fish. You eat fish sauce. <laughs> Don't give me that. Sh- do they? Uh, yeah, it's like crickets as well. Do they? Did, you, did they add anything to them or like 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 beforehand? Like salted them or like add some spices or herbs to them, uh, or after? I don't know. It was so long okay. ago, and there was uh, you know alcohol involved. And yeah. oh well, that, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> But when Johnny uh, was talking about the uh, the priests potentially having that, like, witches under there, like an unmarked grave. Mm-hmm. Of course, this isn't in the movie. They never mention it. But maybe this priest came from a line of people that were involved with the witch trials and... Witch oh, hunters. Because we, we do open up with that tombstone that she sees... Makes even more sense. ...at the end of her vision. I'm looking... I actually rewound it to go look at it. It says, The soul that pines for eternity shall outspan death you dweller of the twilight void come dumb witch so maybe that was some some sort of spell or something i don't know mm-hmm. kind of yeah. grammar was that i don't know if there's any periods or commas yeah i agree yeah it's after death it's after death yeah not great not great grammar <laughs> but yes yeah, so let's go to final thoughts and happy halloween everybody which by the way this this one is technically a halloween film without being on halloween like having any halloween um icon i uh, i Iconography, excuse me. It's because all, all Saints Day. <laughs> Let's start with you, Isaac, for final thoughts. What do, what do you got for this one? Uh, my final thoughts is I did enjoy this film. Uh, Gore was great. Uh, I remember, uh, I think it was like either the baby or whatever that, whatever Bob sees in the shed, <laughs> um, which I don't even Sounds know why cool. he's in that shed. Um, but when that, when that baby, when that baby <laughs> thing was like first appeared, I was eating pizza and I was like, oh, that's just lovely. It didn't, didn't feel sick to my stomach or anything like that. I was just like, oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, the gore scenes made me kind of laugh and chuckle, especially when the intestines were coming out of that woman's mouth. I just had a smirk on my face. I'm just like, this is ridiculous, and I love it. Um, there, there were some certain, there, there, there were some scenes here that did, that probably did get to me a bit, but uh, I did enjoy it overall. Uh, obviously, uh, we're, we're riffing on the story elements and. You know, like what story? Like this is basically just an excuse to like, I guess, have have horror and gore, uh, in it. So, you know, I, I enjoy it. I would I'd pro- I probably would watch it again. Uh, so I'll pass Ton over to Sean. Sean, what do you think of this film? I pretty much agree with Isaac. I think I think this movie was a lot of fun. Um, the scene where the lady barfs out all of her organs the first time I saw it, <laughs> I was like, oh my 
God. And you know, I see a lot of this crap. Um, but watching it again, actually, while um, we're, we're talking about it, it's like, okay, those are her intestines. And that's her liver, and that must be her spleen. <laughs> I, I love that. I, I I just thought it was so cool looking. Um, zombies were cool looking. The ones down in the crypt. Oh, well, actually, and the ones that like attack the bar, um, and the noises they make. Um, you know, I complained earlier about how slow they were, but this mm. is this is Italian horror. You know, it 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 doesn't play by the natural rules. It's not going to be Hollywood. So I just kind of go with it. And I mentioned that I saw Zombie uh, before. Mm. Or Zombie 2, as you call it, Caleb. This <laughs> is much better than that. Um, it, it does tend to focus... Well, no, I'm going to go back on that. It, it, it does... I think Johnny mentioned it, how it tends to... The camera just sort of sits and stays on like a, a, a gory... Uh, scene right up until the point where you can't take it anymore and then it cuts away um that, in yeah. that includes the guts through the mouth that includes the weird maggot worm infested baby that bob sees um i i, I don't know i don't like it uh but i don't like the movie i don't like the title study of the living dead could you please change that i'm gonna write it i'm gonna have a petition change it to town or village yeah my vote yeah, my copy, uh, my copy, the Arrow Video UK release comes with an alternative cover that says "The Gates of Hell." So I think that was the UK yeah. title. Yeah. So I don't know if that's a better one. That works. Uh, okay. Yeah, fine. That's fine. Whatever. Um, <laughs> okay. I probably won't watch this ever again. Um, it's not because I don't like it or hate it, but just because, unless Joe Bob Briggs does it or something. <laughs> um, he did House by the Cemetery, and that's all I got to oh. say. It means I get to pass it over to Johnny. Here's Johnny. All right. So yeah, shut the fuck up. Okay. So <laughs> the, 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 this is the first time I've seen this in my entire life. Um, I would love to watch it again because I feel like I was kind of like you know I was having a conversation in one year watching it with the other. So I would like to watch it again just just so I could digest those slow scenes a bit more because that's what. That's what I come back for. I mean, the story beats not a, not a lot. The ending, what the hell? The characters, a lot of them, most of them die, like you would see in a slasher horror movie. Um, but you know, it's intriguing. It's fun. It's got a, it's got some really cool ideas. Some really really inventive kills in this one that are just excessive to the point where it almost becomes like Evil Dead. Mm -hmm. Well, but, but this is before Evil Dead, which is actually kind of kind of awesome in a way. So you know, I feel like m movies like this. I mean, this is my first taste of Italian horror, I guess, and I'm like, I, I like it. I'm happy to see what comes with the rest of this trilogy. I'll come back to it once or twice, but yeah, I would, I'd recommend it. It's, it's, it is a lot of fun. I'll second that. Yeah, and uh, quite clearly, I recommend it since I brought onto the podcast here. <laughs> uh, this is the last of this trilogy that I saw. And I'd been waiting to see it for a really long time, and I was really happy when I finally did. Um, I actually even watched this earlier this month when I started putting this together, just because I got excited to revisit it because I hadn't seen it in a few years. So, and I'll, and I'll probably add this to my my Halloween kind of uh, uh, what would you call it? 
rotation. Maybe every few years I'll pop this on. I feel like this would go well with Halloween. So, yeah, definitely, definitely enjoy it. But. So, Johnny, I would definitely if you enjoyed this, you got to check out Argento. You got to check out like Deep Red or Tenebrae um, or one of the other four films that he made before his, he started making bad films. But okay, so so quick quickly on Shutter, are, are any of those on Shutter? Yes. Oh, sorry, sorry. I I found Tenebrae. Okay, okay. I'm I'm adding my yeah. list right now. And and yeah. those aren't those aren't supernatural. There's no zombies or anything. It's just there's a there's a there's a killer out killing people, and every time someone dies, there's blood splattering everywhere. The bright red blood that looks like paint, and uh, there's always a twist at the end, like an egg of the Christie. Um, it's a lot of fun, and I personally prefer that to this. Uh, not that yeah. this sucks that bad, but yeah, Deep Red is my favorite. And watch it with Joe Bob Briggs if you can. A lot of people don't like him, but I like him. Yeah, those are the those are some of the examples of the Jalos we were talking about earlier. Yeah. So, so sorry, Door in the Darkness is on here. Is that worth watching? It's uh, not a not an Argento. That I think that might actually be a. A documentary. It says it says Argento. Yeah. Oh, that's a show that I have not oh. looked at. Um, if you if you go on Shutter and you go to collections, there's a there's a thing called collections. Um, mm-hmm. As an Amer as a North American, I'm like, or not North American, United States, and I'm <laughs> like, I don't know if it's the same up there in Canada. But if you go to like <laughs> collections, there's a Jallo section in collections. Oh, and it can show you like uh, deep red. Um, I don't know if they have the bird with the crystal plumage. I don't really like that one anyway. Uh, Tenebrae. Um, Phenomena. Phenomena. Oh, yeah, don't watch that one. Don't watch that one. <laughs> watch that one. <laughs> watch it. Unless watch it. Unless you're yes, really. Unless you're really into Jennifer Connelly. And Donald Pleasance and, and crazy, crazy films. That's what that is. <laughs> How about um, Inferno? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Discourse. Who's watching it? It's controversial. I'm watching it. It's got some cool deaths. It's got some cool sets and death scenes, but... Uh. I, think that, I think that Caleb and I would both agree on Deep Red. I think we did a podcast on that with Eric. Sure did. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and most of his giallos are quite good. Some of the supernatural stuff can get a little wavery, but the giallos really work. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Blood splattering, fun stuff. Uh, yeah, I like it. Oh, and hopefully we'll we'll cover some more of that. I'm a big fan of Italian horror, so I'm glad to once again dip the podcast feet into this uh, this realm. And thanks a lot for watching this with me, guys. Absolutely, my pleasure. Always happy to. Ha- have an invite from you and come on and do this so sounds good and isaac me on. do you uh I'm, I'm i'm scared do you have a uh, some sort of <laughs> ending for us <laughs> <clears throat> oh shit oh boy this halloween season do you for a halloween prank on before the eve of all saints day do you see what happens between 1000 magnets and one little kitten. Till next time.
Oh, I did want to mention the guy who played uh, uh, the reporter Peter. I was like, oh, this guy seems interesting. I feel like I've seen him from something before. Turned out he just showed up on a lot of those like 70s shows like Love Boat or uh, Fantasy Island. <laughs> but he died two years after this. Died from a heart attack. I was like, oh, he didn't even seem that old. All those cigars he was smoking. He always die. Yeah. When you watch these 70s, that's, that's, that's smoking, ladies and gentlemen. I did find it hilarious <laughs> that he had a, like a cigar in every scene. <laughs> he even says at one point, I wish I had a cigar. Yeah. Oof. So, so I, I want to add one thing, too. I'm, I've dealt with maggots personally, and my very first place, we had a compost bin, you know, for, for, for um, organic waste. They, did that, they do that here. Um, and we didn't have a lid on it for a while. We didn't have screens on our windows. And so one day I do, I, I do look down into the green bin, and there's maggots, right? I'm like, oh, that's fucking gross. And then I came home from work one night at about, about midnight, and there's an maggot on the floor. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, a maggot. That, that's kind of gross. And then I realized there was a trail of them leading to the uh, area rug they had in <gasps> Oh, my God. Okay, that might be gross. It, it was pretty fucking disgusting. And, and the worst part of it is it didn't end right away. Like, yeah, like we, we went on a maggot massacre. We killed them all. We got rid of those two rugs. But a few of them got away, and they eventually turned into flies. And but so but my my point being is maggots are fucking gross, and so I I can only imagine just how how awful that scene would have been to film if those were all real. Because because like like you can't win with those things. If you go and kill them because you hate them, it's like popping a zit. Yes, that's how gross they feel in your fingers because you kill them. I got uh I got some I got two maggot stories as well. So the, go ahead. the first one's less tame. The other one's. Well, you guys can decide. Uh, the first one wasn't wasn't too long ago. I think it was like a, this year, early this year, like late last year in the fall. I was at a work site and I was going around this one corner and there was a dead rat and like I moved him a bit and what is it right there? Bunch of maggots, you know, eating the corpse. I'm like, golly, Ugh. this is disgusting. But like, they're doing the work. They're they're decomposing the things. So it's like I can't really complain there. It's still just like. Yeah, sorry, maggots. You guys like probably get a bad rep for given how like you know, ugly are you still God's creatures, but like, goodness gracious, you are certainly not like slugs or snails. I'll I'll say that. Um, the second one is that this was three years ago uh, when I was in uh, Guatemala for a vacation uh, with my uncle there, and we um, same uncle who's daughter's getting married soon, which is probably going soon. So anyway, that, my cousin. Um, but we were staying at this place in Guatemala, and I had um, left my... Uh, I have a retainer that I put on every night to keep my teeth straight, excuse me. I've been doing it oh, for no. a very long time. Oh, yeah, I left my yeah. reta- retainer case open with the retainer inside, <gasps> and some flies got in there and uh, laid some eggs. No And uh, then I either closed the container or forget to close the container, and the next day maggots came out i was like that is uh that is disgusting i'm glad my Jesus. uh i don't think uh, i checked my uh retainers for that but like yeah it was uh not pleasant i'll say that i had to you know i just stuck them inside a plastic cup or something like that and then like you know bleached and ammonia the, the flip out of that <laughs> oh. uh, container but i was just <laughs> yeah. like ah yeah that's grody Sorry, maggots. I'm gonna give you a hard pass on uh, living there and uh, taking over my retainer and retainer case. Please and thank you. That is pretty gross. That's 
I don't think anything ended in my mouth. I'm so, I'm I'm pretty sure because I I would have uh, I I would have been on that if that were the case. But uh, wow. I don't know. Maggots are, are are not pleasant, but they're not snakes. That's how I so, feel. So Caleb, do you have any uh, maggot stories? My stories are similar to Johnny. Of just yeah, every summer, the compost bin, it would just be an explosion, and they would Oof. crawl over the side of the house. They never got in, but thankfully. I'm just cutting in here before we continue this little bonus section to give everyone a little bit of a content warning up front. This next piece features a second maggot story told by me that ended up triggering some repressed memories of a very horrific event from my childhood involving maggots. Fair warning, it's it's terrible. Um, it involves kittens. Personally, I didn't even want to hear it again while editing. So, fair warning to everyone else, I, I definitely don't recommend continuing this to this next section. But here it is, uh, just in case you want to understand the context of Isaac's closing line uh, of the episode. Unfortunately, if he had to include that there, if not, I would have just excised this completely. But but here we are. Oh, actually, I do have a, a pretty horrific one that I hadn't thought about in many years Ooh. until now. It just popped into my brain. Just a visual. Would you mind uh, giving giving it to us, please? <laughs> yes, when I lived in Alberta many years ago, oh boy, we had a cat that was on our our campground oh, that we ran. Oh no, I don't like how this is starting out. And every summer, the cat would give birth to usually two, two litters, and so eventually we were. Uh oh. Our whole campground was covered in cats. They're all over the fucking place. And they're laying babies in places, and you just hear them crying and be like, oh, they're they're under this cabin, let's bring out the babies. Oh, no. One time, I brought them out, and the mom had died giving birth, and her body was being eaten by maggots, and the poor babies were being eaten by maggots as well. They were, their eyes were eaten, they were inside of their, their stomachs, eating their, their way out, and... It was me and my sister who found them, and it was, yeah, just absolutely horrific. And my dad oh, came, and my goodness. he came, and we were crying. And That's pretty awful. <laughs> we're, yeah. Wait a minute. This is, is a horrible story. It's a horrible story, and I'd forgotten it. It was completely blanked from my memory. Fucking, are you okay? That's like from Felidae. That's some Felidae crap. The reason that we found them, because yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah, they were shrieking. Yeah, they were shrieking. Oh, and, dude, oh. That's like a chapter out of film. Oh my god, it's in like one of the sequel books. Oh no. I did not, yeah, that's that's not a memory that I knew that I had until just now. Ah, oh, dang. Yeah, put a disclaimer on this video. Yeah, really. I, <laughs> oh. I, I don't think that that was Caleb. Oh my god. I'm sorry, it's just it came out to... It, I didn't even... No, that's fair. Yeah. I, I did press for that. That's You can blame me on that one. That was, You know what? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yikes. Wow, I did not remember what that. Dude. I'd wow. rather have maggots flying at me through an open window than see that. <laughs> I that's At least you're told that's going to happen beforehand, I assume so. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Unless, unless they did the whole alien thing where like they don't tell you the chestburster is about to happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. uh, or whatever it wasn't thing, but like, oh man, that. Oh, yeah, now I'm God, horribly that's... disturbed. Yikes. Oh, okay. Let's end this movie, this commentary, or the speakeasy on. Well, I just on a, on a happy note. I don't know how. At least there's a cat in this that didn't get maggoted. Oh Jesus. Oh, okay, that's okay. I, yeah, I didn't even. All I remembered was the eyes, and then suddenly it was all coming to me as I was saying it. I was like, oh no, wait, there was much oh. more to it. And just that. Oof. 
But yes, let's go to final thoughts and yeah, move away from all that. Just cursed one. Happy Halloween, everybody. Do you see what happens between one thousand maggots and one little kitten? Oh my goodness! Time? Oh, why'd you have to bring it back to that? Oh, I'm still reeling over Fuck here. You, I'm still reeling on those memories returning. I did not did not expect that. Yeah, thanks for that. No, that's I'm gonna. By the way, the cat in this movie that we saw, that really cute cat, Aww. dead now. Dead now. Dead. 